welcome back to the Noted Podcast, uh, where we take note of the underrated players and small market teams of the league. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Brian Corzo, along with the above-average NBA fans and Utah Jazz-loving Riker Gordon and Carson Hilton, here with episode number three, and good morning, good afternoon, buenos dias, wherever it may be for you. Uh, We're excited to uh, come in with some hot takes now that the season's actually started. Uh, What we're going to cover is upsets, overratedness underratedness, surprises, as well as the noted MVP, which we will get to uh, in the rest of the, the season uh, and episode. But uh, how are you guys doing today? Uh, what, do you th- what are your thoughts? First thing, now that the NBA has started, uh, what, what are you guys kind of thinking, first of all? I love that there's so much less fouls. The games are so much better to watch. I think okay. that's one of the, the most underrated things about this season is those rule changes. I think I saw something on Twitter that it was like the least amount of fouls in the first two or three days of a season. And it's just, I love it. It makes games so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Yes. I I think there there's like good and bad things to that. Because mm-hmm. if anyone watched the Sacramento-Utah Jazz game, there was nothing being called. And it was like on That's both true. sides. It was crazy, right? Uh, there and then was even crap being called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was like that time <laughs> where Jordan Clarkson just gets like obliterated by somebody. And then he just sits on the sideline, you know, just waiting for the referee to yeah. like, hey, He's are you like, going to call That's it? an end one. <laughs> but, uh, yo, definitely like pace has increased so much. And mm-hmm. it's just so aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's almost like old school basketball again. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like I'm for loving... sure they, they they oh sorry go ahead no you're good finish your thought and then I'll go okay I do love like like I mean obviously they do need to make it more consistent but I think like it's going in a, in the right direction yeah I'm I'm loving the fact that basketball is now being played just the dr- the drama that the off season mm-hmm. brings is finally going to the back we don't have to listen about all these Ben Simmons talks it's still there but your favorite team's he playing. is our brother there's games all over. <laughs> You can just watch basketball and enjoy the surprises, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And, you know, kind of just segueing into the beautiful game that isn't soccer, <laughs> uh, that is basketball, um, we want to talk about noted MVPs. So for the viewers at home or listeners at home, basically what the noted MVP is is we want to talk about one player that we really just like want to acknowledge as someone who is absolutely killing it. You're probably not going to hear about him on ESPN because, you know, all they talk about is LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and all that nonsense that I'm just so tired of hearing. And unfortunately, it's not from uh, Max Kellerman's mo- uh, voice anymore. So that's kind of sad. But uh, we are going to talk about who our favorite players are. So without further ado, um, Riker, who is your noted mvp for the week my week one noted mvp goes to cat carl anthony towns the man has been beautiful this opening season and i don't think it's going to change anytime soon i think an off season of health has been something that he's needed for a while now um he's on 27.5 points per game he's not averaging a double double 
but he is getting he's getting to the line and he's not missed a free throw yet and he is third in player efficiency rating so far this season so they've only played two games so yeah sample size is a little low but he's been integral to the wolves the the games that they've played which they beat houston pretty good not not something to write home about but then they also performed well against the pelicans and that was a game where um shoot i'm drawing a blank oh my gosh why can't i remember his name ingram went off too okay and he was able to fight that too so anyway Carl Anthony Towns is my week one MVP. Nice. That's a solid pick. Uh, Carson? There were a couple of guys, and I, I, I really wanted to to pick, but the one I'm going with is John Morant. Um, at the time of recording this, this is right after the Lakers-Grizzlies game Sunday night, and he just dropped 40 points uh, and 10 assists and 5 of 7 from the 3, which he didn't have that game before, and if he really has grown into a better 3-point shooter, that evolves his game like crazy and he's averaging 34 points a game in the first three games which is crazy on and it's not like he's shooting 30 shots a night to get that he's the the most shots he's had in one night is tonight which is 21 and he had 40 like his efficiency is off the charts and i i genuinely like i know it's only been three games but i think he really is like has made that leap yeah i mean We'll, we'll see how it goes throughout the season. Like, obviously, it's still young. But comparative to, like, like I, I want to believe that the Clippers win was really big. But that's, like, one of the things that I'm struggling with is just the Clippers are in a really weird spot right now without Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of just seems like they don't really know what's going on. And I just don't think that there's enough stakes at right now at the time for, like, the Clippers to really, like, I don't know, try. Because, like, when it gets to the playoffs, like, they are beasts. You know, it doesn't matter if they don't have Kawhi. Like, Paul George is going to get his. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, and- I I, do believe that a lot of the things that we've seen from Memphis uh, are really good. But I want to see not only John Morant taking that step, but Melton and what he's going to become after having such a successful rookie season. Like, where is he going to be? Um, those are kind of like some of the things that I'm looking at. But I, I'm really liking John Morant as well. Uh, really solid pick. Um my my MVP, uh, and I'm so I'm so happy to say it is Harrison Barnes uh, on the Sacramento Kings. He has he's become something else. Uh, so just in the first two games that he has played this season, he's averaging thirty point five points per game, fifty eight percent three point shooting percentage, and forty eight percent from the field. Um, it's absolutely insane. They did lose. Um, today uh, on Sunday to the Warriors uh, which I do believe that's mostly because they are like super hot right now Um, but I mean Harrison Barnes even today 24 points uh, 7 of 13 like the the guy balled out anyway and, and and he's like being the best player on his team when you look at that team and the first people that are coming to your mind is De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton um, you know, just that's what you're thinking of. You're not thinking of Harrison Barnes. And just to put it into a little bit of perspective, um, Harrison Barnes legitimately uh, was averaging like way, way less uh, last season uh, than he did. So I know it's the first two games, 
but it's almost it's almost like a double performance um, that Harrison Barnes is giving right now. And for the Kings, that's huge to have your other players that aren't De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton like be able to perform. And seeing also Davion Mitchell uh, just totally ball. I think I saw I, th- I saw this tweet today about Davion Mitchell guarding like the top players like uh, Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, Donovan Mitchell, like these huge players that they, it looks like they've only made seven out of 20 field goals when Davion Mitchell wow. is guarding them against Unreal. all against all of the guards that he's played against so far, which is not. And remember, like CJ had a great game when they played. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I saw this insane tweet and I was like, I can't believe it. Like Davion Mitchell's the real deal. So I'm really excited about Sacramento. And it just mm-hmm. seems like the defense is there now. You know what I mean? Like they had a good offense, yeah. but it was just like, it just seemed like they weren't trying. It seemed like yeah. they couldn't get things figured out. And I don't know what it is, but what is Luke Walton doing? I How did he turn this around? <laughs> yeah, I one thing I was really impressed with when I when I watched them this week was like just just their effort. I feel like the past couple of years they just they I don't know. Maybe it was coaching. I don't cuz I don't I don't see Darren Fox as a as a player that doesn't play, you know, try his hardest, but there were some times where it was just like they wouldn't give the effort especially on the defensive end. But especially in this Jazz game, it was like everyone wanted to to prove that they were a defensive player. Like Davion Mitchell was kind of taking it Nuts. to Donovan. And and yeah. I think Harrison Barnes has been a big part of that where he's just helps like kind of like the dog mentality that we, that we've discussed before that he's just going out and doing his job and kind of like, Hey, let like we, we got pieces. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to that, to that idea of the Kings not putting in a lot of effort, like they've definitely had their troubles with injuries uh, yeah, the last couple yeah. seasons. And like, even look at the last game of the regular season, Jazz versus Kings, where they beat them, Jazz beat them by 49 points. But if you look at who played that game, kind of makes sense because there's none of their main guys were playing uh, due to injury. And the ones that were. <laughs> They got nothing to play for. So you get this Kings team that's coming into an offseason where everybody on the team's healthy. And, like, they, the Kings almost got away with one against Utah. And, you know, the Aaron Fox didn't even have a great night. Like, so if their key players are are hitting it on all cylinders, and if Harrison Barnes for sure keeps up what he's doing right now, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the playoffs. Yeah. Solid, solid. So, all great MVPs. I, I like the diversity. I like kind of like the different takes we're, uh, we're looking at. And all part of small market teams, which is also so sick. Noted podcast. You already know. Yes, so, <laughs> um, just in some notable upsets and scores that we've seen, uh, I think one of, the, one of the really cool ones we've seen recently was uh, Wizards uh, beating the Pacers uh, on that overtime game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think another big one was Raptors, uh, beating the Celtics, uh, after such a terrible loss that, uh, they had at the beginning of the season. And, uh, I think, and I know I just used the Pacers as a bad example, but even the Pacers beating the heat, um, notable, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and can I, ca- can I touch on that, on that Indiana game and Wizards game real quick? Please, please. Cause so Spencer Dinwiddie was my other 
one I was kind of wrestling with picking for the for the MVP simply because on that game they there was no Bradley Beal or uh, Hachimura. They were they were shorthanded and Bradley Beal carries a huge part of that scoring load. And on a night without Beal, Dinwiddie stepped up. He was 34 points, 13 of 24, 6 of 9 from the 3, uh, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, uh, only one turnover. Like, he, <laughs> he, that is such an underrated pickup for Washington. And I sure. just really wanted to, to highlight him. And, and I think this is, this is going to, this is going to segue really good into what we were going to talk about next in just uh, biggest surprises uh, of the week so far. And I think definitely like number one on the list. Who, who saw this coming from Washington? I mean, yeah. I think all of us had in our head that Washington was like the same team that we saw last year. But yes. we do forget about <laughs> the dump, um, right? The Lakers dump, uh, the trades that were all made. So they were able to acquire Kuzma, Spencer Dimwitty, Montrez Harrell, uh, and still keep Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans, and Hapa Hachimura. Is that Davis Bertans? KCP. And Contavious uh, yeah. Caldwell. Pulp. Pulp. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think you put them in a different jersey, and you're thinking that's a that's a competitive team, you know. Especially mm-hmm. in the East, that's a contend. Well, not a contender, but like a, a playoff team, right? Playoff there. contender. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Like someone that you definitely don't want to go against uh, in your first round if you're like a higher seed. Uh, obviously, it has its holes. Like, there's still, you know. I don't know how much we're expecting or what the ceiling is for this Wizards team, but I just don't even see them not making the playoffs. Um, and especially with how some of these teams are like composed right now, you know, Philly's losing Ben Simmons for literally nothing so far, right? Um, you have the Nets, uh, where James Harden is a shell of himself without the specific rules, and Kyrie's only going to play half the games. And then B, where are the Celtics? Yes, they win against the Houston Rockets. But this Eastern Conference, like, I'm really surprised. Like, we could even see the Hornets making a huge step up. So my team of just the biggest surprise for the beginning of the week uh, is just absolutely Washington Wizards. Because I absolutely did not expect anything about them uh, to be this good. And they are a solid team. For sure. Yeah, I'll just emphasize, like we all kind of got together and came up with our standings and I didn't even give a second thought to the wizards. And now looking back on it, I definitely should have because like, yeah, they're putting in performances that are stellar. And um, like uh, Carson was saying, like Evan Turner had like a 40, not Evan Turner, Miles Turner had like a 40, had a 40 point game. And the Wizards still won, so yeah. when Beal gets back into that lineup, like they're definitely going to cause some problems for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so Carson, what is what is your biggest surprise uh, so, in the open week? You touched on this uh, very briefly, but going along with surprising Eastern Conference teams, I am pleasantly surprised with Charlotte. Um, I so fun. My my take before the season started was that they'll probably be like between 11, 10, and 9. Like they have a lot of good young pieces. I liked their draft, but that 
the pieces they got in the offseason wouldn't help for winning now that it would help for winning later. But I think I underestimated the having Gordon Hayward back and the just how good LaMelo Ball is. Like step up. In their season opener against the Pacers, um LaMelo went for 31 and Gordon Hayward high. had 27. Yeah. And I think having Kelly Oubre come off the bench because Kelly Oubre is hard to play in a starter role because he's so ball dominant. But I think he can play into that Jordan Clarkson role for Charlotte off the bench sure. where if LaMelo is off the court or if Gordon Hayward isn't there, like he can carry that scoring load when other players aren't there. Yeah. I mean, super like I could even see Kelly Oubre becoming like six man candidate. Um, oh, yeah. Because they, they have yeah. a really good situation. Obviously, they're playing in the Eastern Conference. They're going to get a lot of really good performances because uh, you're not going to be playing as many good teams. Um, so I definitely see it myself. Yeah, and just one player you haven't mentioned as well, Miles Bridges. Like, oh yeah, Miles Bridges. That dude's legit too. Like he can go off. Like Top he was scorer. the he was their leading sto- scorer in the Cleveland game. So like they've got plenty of scoring options in in Charlotte for sure. Uh, also, also another underrated uh, one, Mason Plumley. Yeah, uh, I was just about yeah. to say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like going from Cody Zeller to Mason Plumley is huge. Mm-hmm. Mason Plumley, yeah, sure. and, and we remember this as Jazz fans, what he did to the Jazz in that playoff series two years ago. He was so mm-hmm. he's such a good back. He plays center. hard. He plays super hard. He plays hard. really hard. He always plays like he has something to prove. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you play Even with Lamelo Ball, Pistons, you're man. gonna look amazing. I mean, he he got Cody's uh, he got Cody Zeller a contract for <laughs> you know the Trailblazers, so yeah. he, he'll make you look real good. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Riker? So mine's kind of different, and it, it's really based on this idea of the duality of man. But I'm going with <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks, um, and the reason being is because they had a great season opener. And just mollywop the freaking Mavericks. Just took it to him. Um, and they had, like, a very, very even scoring. Like, there's a ton of people that contributed to that win. Um, you That's have Cam Reddish team. being... Yeah, be, Cam yeah. Reddish off the bench was their leading scorer. And it was just by by one. Trey, he had 20. Trey Young had uh, 19. Trey Young didn't have the best shooting night either. Um, but you know he's just going to jack him up, obviously. Uh, John Collins obviously putting in his part. Um... And then you go to the Cavaliers game and they lose by six. So it's not like they lost big, but they lost in a game where the leading scorer on the Cavs was Ricky Rubio. <laughs> and, and like, you already know, dog. You already yes, know. Sir. I'm sorry. Rubio. I love Rubio and I know that he's capable of these types of things. Don't get me wrong, but the Cavaliers are no good. Sorry, <laughs> no, they're, they're not. not. Yeah. um evan mobley <laughs> is gonna be better like he's gonna help out with that team but it's still very he's just, young he's still young he's young and the rest of the team is a mixed bag like you have young players and then you have old players and they signed Markinen, and i think he's a decent uh, addition i personally think he's kind of overrated yeah. um but like you look at the stat line of this Cavs team that beat the the hawks and like the only person who was really efficient was Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love. And then everybody else was like, meh. <laughs> like, Jared Allen ended like a solid zero with 11 points. Markinen was three for 15. And then if you go and look at the, stat- the stats for the Hawks, like, uh, everybody except John Collins in the starting lineup was a positive. It was a negative. 
and Bob wow. Bogdanovich, who is a money basketball player, was like a negative twenty-one. So like wow. you're looking at a very weird opening to the Atlanta Hawks. Do I think it changes? Yes. Am I surprised at this opening? Absolutely. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. that's why the Hawks yeah. are my. <laughs> I mean, with, with Cleveland, like don't get me wrong, too. You got you you got great players. Uh, uh, Garland, Sexton, super yeah. nice backcourt. You do lose Larry Nance though. And that I think that is a huge that's loss a, for Cleveland. That's yeah. a much bigger loss than people yeah. realize. Like he's yeah. he's and, so underrated defensively. And Garland isn't playing right now, by the way. So yeah. that was I'm, also I'm saying as a, as a Cleveland, yeah, right, yeah. Right, Cleveland right. Whole, I'm just throwing that out yeah. there just to continue this surprise for sure. <laughs> so uh, I mean, obviously you're gonna have outlier games. We we remember how Cleveland cooked up the Nets like every time they played them last season. So it's <laughs> that like, was amazing. Like I'm so I'm not funny. surprised. Like I know they can turn it on. They're just not a consistent team, and we've seen that in the other oh. games that they've played, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I do agree. Like Atlanta is. I think probably the deepest team in the NBA right now. Uh, they have people. It's a solid, con- like uh, Riker was saying, just solid contribution from the entire team. And you look at that bench, and that bench is amazing. And not like the Jazz as well, they have an incredible defensive player in Clint Capella, um, who's also mm-hmm. a rebound leader, um, uh, which was like super huge behind like Miles and uh, Rudy Gobert. So he's he's right there up uh, up there with them. So I'm really I'm really excited to see Atlanta. Uh, I think they're gonna be making a lot of surprises. Um, can I, I hope can so, I though. say one more surprise that please I'm, I was really shocked by yeah the the Brooklyn Nets they were a Philadelphia meltdown away from starting the season 0 and three, and they lost at ho- their home opener to Charlotte by almost 20 points, Ugh. like. I know we just talked about Charlotte, but we still like still need to realize Charlotte's really young and they have a lot of growth. Yeah. And the Nets are supposed to be the veteran team with two superstars, normally three, but we won't talk about Kyrie. <laughs> like, I I'm just very surprised by how like poorly they've been playing. I guess. Yeah, and I, I think mean... a big part of that is James Harden. He just hasn't been himself, and I and I wonder if. I don't know. I, I guess I just I don't understand why what is going wrong over in Brooklyn. Let, let me tell you what's wrong with Brooklyn. Yes, sir. I'm listening. No defense. Yeah. When when you have a team last last year, you had a team that was a obli- like top of the charts offensive statistics of all time in the NBA. Like possibly the greatest scoring team of all time in, his- yeah. in history, right? Uh and and that is when you have Kyrie James Harden and Kevin Durant. We all know who Kevin Durant is. He's debated like debatably, he's the best player in the league right now. Yeah. Consistently. By far the best a scorer, bucket, probably. Right? He's yeah. he's a freaking uh as uh Stephen A. Smith says, an assassin, right? <laughs> the the guy is incredible. The question is, is James Harden gonna be able to switch this around uh with the new NBA rule mm-hmm. changes? And another thing is they don't have anyone. Right? Yes, yeah. you have Joe Harris. Yes, you have Patty Mills. But you can't you can't have Joe Harris or Patty Mills be your number two option if James Harden yeah. isn't throwing. And literally everyone else on that roster, you tell me anyone in the league, including Brooklyn Nets fans, who can name that entire roster for me from memory. I and also I think if if Nicholas Claxton is your best defensive player, that's a <laughs> big yikes. Well, 
And you look at defense, but these guys don't know how to rebound either. Yeah, there's like, no. Well, it's like it's Kevin because Durant's they depend so much on like, Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant is injured, they're a tank. They're tanking. They're well, averaging forty five point five rebounds a game. The funny thing is, Kevin Durant has been otherworldly. He's he's pl- averaging like thirty five a game, and it's still not enough. I don't know what like it's because you, Kevin there's Durant no defense. Is already playing his best basketball, and they're not winning. Right. Well, well, think about Kevin Durant. Turn the ball over think about Kevin rebounds. Durant on Golden State. So Elite yeah. defense, and so, and that's yeah. why it makes him look so good because like yes, he can get a lot of buckets and stuff, but that defense, you know, you had freaking Draymond Green and Clay Thompson on that team. Stephen Curry, super underrated defender as well. I mean, everybody on that team defends well, and so Kevin Durant just gets to do whatever he wants and have no repercussion for it. Also, like Patty Mills and Lamarcus Aldridge have been playing well, and eventually they have to come back to earth. And when they do, like, where's their bench scoring? Yeah, well, the I, thing is, even even on that, they're playing well, but they're not playing great. Like, like yeah. they're they're playing good, but they're not putting up numbers. They're they're you know not the I mean? Brooklyn Nets that everybody they're, expected them to be. No, yeah, this, no. Now like, the way, yeah, they can they can turn it around, right? For sure, they still yeah. can turn it around. It's we early. don't know what's going to happen. There, there's possibly talks of a Kyrie trade, but we don't talk about that because we're not big news. All right, we're we're. <laughs> We're little pizza, we're little Caesars over here. Yeah. So, um, pizza baby, little pizza baby. Um, but that's that's one of the things I think is a really big surprise. I would say Celtics are right in that. Um, yeah, right in that boat too. I I'm just so I'm so confused, guys. Can you please help me understand how the Celtics are so bad? Because I look at them and on paper they are so good. But I, yeah, I my my quick opinion on it is. The coaching and front office situation does not seem even close to resolved. And I that's not saying mm-hmm. that I don't think that uh, their new coaching staff is, go- is good or it won't be good, because I don't think that's the case. But I think that that whole mix-up and this offseason was just so weird. I think they yeah. settle in and get better, but I really think that wasn't really great on the player morale. And they do, yeah. They that's a good point. They do have a first year coach, which it's right. really hard to coach in this league, and that's going to take some learning. And Jason Tatum hasn't played great, but I, I I do agree with Brian where they have like they have good pieces on this team, and they should right. be more successful than they have been. Granted, it's the first three games, could it, still turn around, but I know we saw the guys, same thing last year. Guys, where have the Celtics been these last three right. years, man? Like. It's so frustrating because I love the Celtics players. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart. Like, these are players I love to watch. They're an exciting I think, team. I think that they uh, are a example of a team going all in and it doesn't turn out. And Like, you yeah. think about, I mean, think back to 2017 when they went out. They went out and got Gordon Hayward and they got Kemba Walker and... Um, Oh, the guy that's back there now. That what's his name? Al Horford. Al Horford. That was, that was when they that was when they picked up Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they had Kyrie and then yeah. they, they, they got Kyrie. rid of Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But and then they made the Eastern Conference Finals. But then after that, like they, they have had bad injury luck and Kemba was not the player that no. was advertised. No. But uh, I'm I, I'm in the same shock where they have just been so disappointing the last they, couple of years. They've really missed but as good players, players as they've had they should have been better teams. And, and this is confusing to me as well, is just more with like, um, why do you hire a first-year coach when you're trying to win now? 
yeah i yeah, there, there's gotta weird. be something with dan the, the stevens that we didn't hear about because that just, that whole situation yeah. struck me as really weird because he was considered so quick and it, weird. he it, was it considered almost... around the league as a good coach and then all of a sudden it was like okay he's gonna be Op- or basketball operations leader or whatever his new yeah because he yeah, he replaced like, danny Ainge, right yeah. he did yes. yeah. yeah so i mean even danny Ainge was trying to escape that freaking house fire man <laughs> like <laughs> i yeah. i it's it's just sad for me because they have so much potential they are such an exciting team i mean i remember watching jason tatum go against lebron uh i don't know if it, i think it was his rookie year um mm-hmm. And it was just so cool just to see him like posterize LeBron and then just like stare him down. You know what I mean? I yeah. was like, this guy's the real deal. And it, I don't know. It's frustrating. Um, yeah. I want I want to talk about them and love them more, but they are a large market team, big pizza. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they, but yeah, they it's just a it's sad. big long look in the mirror and decide <laughs> who they are and what they want well, to be. And especially Tatum because he's underperformed terribly so yeah. far. Uh, Jalen too. To go on its um, yeah. Well, like they have such a good like big three there, and yeah, it, uh, yeah. I just, just I think yeah. It. I mean, they'll, they'll we we heard about the issues that they were talking about, right? That maybe Brad Stevens wasn't like a, giving accountability to the team. Like I don't I don't yeah. see Brad Stevens. He doesn't strike me as the guy that like would like if someone isn't like running back on defense that he's gonna like you know, cut you a new one, Get in the, right? Yeah. Well, like, you remember, like, Coach Quinn uh, in the Jazz, there'd Quinn be times where he would literally be he like, wake up! Yeah. Wake throws, up! Throws the clipboard yeah. on the ground and tells them yeah. to coach, like... You don't, you don't get, get away with anything with Coach Q, you know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like, and that that's the kind of coach I feel like the Celtics need. Someone who's going to give real accountability and who's not going to let people just slack off, you know what I'm saying? Like, run back to defense, man. yeah. I, I listen to like a general NBA podcast and they have a guy that talks about Celtics. And last year, every time the Celtics lost like a game, he would talk about, it was just effort. They're just, it, there were games where they would shoot so well and they would just stop trying and they thought they had a game in the bag and then they would have a comeback or they just would never, they just didn't have the effort. And I think that's yeah. kind of a big thing with them. Uh, they maybe consistently that's lose. The, and even last year, they would, like, consistently lose to the contenders. Like, they would never really yeah. beat the contenders. I have a question so. for you guys. Yes. Do you think Celtics' season looks different had they won that overtime game against the Knicks? No. No. I don't think or, the Knicks are that great still. But here's the thing, though. Like, that was a that was a game, okay? That was a game. And... Even, like, there's so much controversy going against the Celtics. There's a lot of people that are, like, not believing in them. And just to have that initial loss, like, being so close to just losing. Especially when, like, they were just giving it to you. I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to see where the morale is with this team. Because, like, I'm even starting to believe that they're, like, kind of losing faith. Um, like, yeah, they beat the the Houston Rockets today. But, I mean, unimpressive, you know? Yeah. They, I don't also, think they also are very underwhelming um, in their front court. So yeah. that's also going to be a struggle for them yeah. as the season goes on. But I don't know. Yeah. It's weird because I don't know. I, I, I think it comes down to they need to have a big introspective like meet with the team yeah. and the coaching, like the coaching staff and discover like 
who are we? What's our what's our identity? I think that's a big thing they struggled with last year. Like they need to set like clear roles. This is what your role is, and move on from there. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, super solid takes, guys. I think um, we're kind of running uh, low on time here, but it is you know all in all, it has been an absolutely exciting. First week of NBA basketball. Um, I'm actually going to see the Denver Nuggets Utah Jazz game on Tuesday, and I'm so excited yeah. for that. I nice. I literally dreamed that'll of be a good game. Literally watching Nikola Jokic Better be. live. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. That guy's such a baller. Um, but yeah, this is a super exciting uh, week so far, and uh, we're gonna talk about it all uh, next week on the Noted Podcast. But We really appreciate you all for listening or watching, and uh, we hope you have a good rest of your week. See ya.